0: Hello, I'm Matt Peterson. And I'm Rich Trapier. This is episode 22 of History on the Table. This has got to be the fastest turnaround for an episode.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We don't have anything to talk about, though, because, you know, it was like, what, a week ago?
0: (laughs) Something like that. Two weeks, I think. But uh, I, like, crammed more games in that time (laughs) than than I did over all of Christmas break.
1: That makes sense. A lot of times you get time off, like holidays, Christmas, whatever, and you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going to play all these games. And <laughs> right. you look back afterwards, like, what happened to my time?
0: <laughs> How did I choices. watch nine
1: episodes of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. with my family? <laughs> <laughs> right, right.
0: Yeah, I'm guilty of that. I played this stupid, um actually really like it, but it's such a time sink. Um, Insurgency Sandstorm, which is a, a first-person shooter on Steam. Oh, yeah. It doesn't even get that many players, but uh, it's just fun. It's all modern weapons and stuff, and I don't know. I enjoy it, but I, I sink way too much time into that game. Well, um, we're back, and last time we went over our best of 2020, and we figured this time we'd uh, continue the tradition of the last couple years and do our most anticipated games. Of 2021, which is pretty timely because just a little bit ago, we had the MMP production outlook.
1: MMP and GMT just dropped a, an update as well. So both of them, kind of the big two, both both dropped newsletter updates in the just the last week or two.
0: And actually, I'll, I'll mention this as well. Um, one of the recent Compass town halls was a Q&A with um, Bill... Well, the owner, the owner of Compass. And he took a lot of questions about games and where they were in the development process and the print schedule. Which was in their own way, their own production outlook for 2021 and 2022. So uh, really a whole bunch of news over the last couple of weeks.
1: And that reminds me, there's a, a local guy here, part of our local gaming group, who's a, a designer for Compass. And I think he's got a Tobruk game that might even come out this year i need to ask him how he's going with that nice yeah
0: yeah you know i don't get it no offense to gmt by any means i love their monthly updates it's just because it's monthly it's not as exciting yeah <laughs> you know mmp does their whole year and they're pretty optimistic we'll see how much we actually get of it um, but when you get the whole year at once and it's radio silence for a lot of the rest of the year yeah
1: And, you know, Compass uh, is kind of on the other end where they, I mean, if you want to watch their videos, they have nice feeds mm -hmm. and everything, interview style. They have like their designers on and everything. But often I'm not going to watch those videos. I'd much rather get an email with a list of things.
0: You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, I really do like the monthly update. It's just, well, as we see with our most anticipated list, there's a lot of multi-man publishing stuff for me. Um, and if you listen to our show, we know you know that we like a lot of those series games, so it's cool to get that news. Yeah, uh, We had some news, and I'll tell you, one of the things I, I hate about podcasts, and I guess I'm doing it right now, is when they <laughs> talk too long at the beginning without actually like talking about what they're there to talk about, like 20 minutes of bullshit. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to get this news out of the way, and this is the one time you'll hear it at the beginning of our show. Otherwise, we'll dump it somewhere in the back where you won't hear it. Um, but we, we made a lot of uh, new announcements, so I want to go through those. Uh, first up, we have a Facebook group. And the Facebook group is really open to anyone. Uh, it's marked as private, only in the sense that just to you know block obvious bots or spam or anything like that. But really, anyone's open, and it's free to talk about anything we talk about on the show. So we're talking war games, news, RPGs. I guess we could talk vinyl, pipes, rum, whatever you want. (laughs) Uh, It's just a place to to go hang out. So that's open. It's just just do a search for history on the table with Matt and Rich, and it'll come up. Uh, Let's see. We also – our YouTube channel is kicking off tomorrow, so I'm going to do my best to get this up. I guess when you hear this, it'll be today. We're recording on Friday, the 29th. Our YouTube channel is going live on the 30th. Technically, it's live already. But our first YouTube content is uh, tomorrow night with History Off the Table, with Tiki Off the Table, with Jason from Advance After Combat. We're just going to hang out and talk Tiki for, I guess, however long it goes.
1: Until one of you passes out. Yeah, yeah, that's probably more accurate. (laughs) Uh,
0: Yeah, so we're going to share recipes and just talk about all the things that we enjoy about Tiki. And then the last thing I'll mention Uh, Which makes me a little bit of a hypocrite, but I just decided uh, that I'd like some upgrades for you and I, just equipment-wise. So I launched a Patreon. Uh, It's Patreon history slash history table, I think is what the direct link is. Yeah, that's the direct link. We have uh, three different tiers. There's just like a general support tier. There's a tier to hang out on a live chat once a month. And then there's a tier where we will rank your war game. Whichever war game you want us to rank, with exception. And then we'll also come up with uh, an RPG character and backstory for you. So, go check it out if you like what we do. If not, that's okay, too. You don't have to. Okay, one more piece of news. And then we'll get into the good stuff. Mitch Lane's putting on an Advanced Brook System tournament. I just thought I'd pass it along. Um, You can... There's an ATS Discord server; it's just called Advanced To Brook System, and uh, he's in the process of putting together a. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, he's in the process of putting together a single elimination, uh, multi-week ATS uh, with prize support from Critical Hit, which is very surprising. Uh, so, if you're interested in that, you can find the link to the Discord server in the Facebook group, or if it's a public group, you should be able to search for it on Discord. Nice. Okay. That's it for news, which we don't normally do. Do you have any news, Rich?
1: No, I have no news at all.
0: <laughs> no no exciting events over the last couple weeks? No, I'm I'm usual.
1: staying away from excitement. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor's orders.
0: <laughs> That's good, man. That's good. I'm glad. Uh, well great. Let's let's talk about some games. Have you you've been shopping?
1: Well, sort of. This actually goes back to a lot of these I got for Christmas. Oh, okay. um, I think the only one of these that I actually bought is the one. On, one of those. It's not a war game on there, but I brought it up just because we had talked about it. So, um, yeah, for Christmas I got a bunch of games. I got some from Krampus, and uh, but I got Labyrinth, which we've already talked about. But I've actually I've got the cardboard. I've been playing it a lot on Steam, but I've got the cardboard, and my wife and I are we keep saying we're going to play it, and then stuff keeps coming up, but. Um, and then I got Konigsberg, which I'm really excited about because it's a it's just a it's a Ziploc game. It's it's not very big, um, but interesting looking Eastern Front game.
0: Is that is that the Revolution Games? Yes. Königsberg. Yeah.
1: Yep. It. Yeah. So I've heard good things about that one. I'm looking forward to getting that one on the, on the table. A uh, couple OCS games. Korea. actually bought Ooh. that one, too. I bought that one at the MMP sale. And then Reluctant Enemies, I got from Krampus. Nice. So, yeah. In Korea, I've been playing a little bit. Reluctant Enemies, I haven't had a chance to play yet. Um, and then a couple non-war games, but Leaving Earth, which is a game that I've wanted for a long time. And uh, Gaia Project, which I've just recently got into, and we're going to play that with family tomorrow.
0: So, um I know we're a war game podcast, but I've I've talked about Gaia Project before actually when I did my top ten list. Uh Gaia Project is like my fourth favorite game of all time. I I love the 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 problem solving or like the the mathing out of, of turns in that game. Uh fantastic. And if you're enjoying Terra Mystica, I I, I assure you you'll like this one.
1: Yeah, and I can see how they've sort of streamlined and condensed Terra Mystica to really come up with the best of it and leave it in gaia project it's not even that it's necessarily a smaller game but it it feels like a a purer game than terra mystica so
0: yeah you'll notice like the the cult track has been kind of changed to this technology track and I, i just like that more um if you go to the bgg geek store they sell uh storage bags okay and they're for the factions and the different tiles they're i think they're worth it and they mine
1: came nice. with a bunch of bags and I've oh got... no no
0: these are like printed like they have the faction printed on the front oh i see what you mean okay They're just little cloth I, they're c- completely unnecessary but uh, i like mine cool good i'm i'm anxious to hear what you guys think about gaia project
1: yeah i'll let you know we're gonna play tomorrow i'm gonna play with my wife and my 11 year old we're gonna give it a shot and then I've got a local friend in town. He's He doesn't play that many war games. He's more of a, you know, other kind of gamer that I play with him. Well, used to before the pandemic. And But he's already told me. He's like, oh, yeah, that's a good one. I definitely want to play that with you.
0: Nice. I wish I had. So I had a game group that played in Independence. I live on uh, the southern end of the Kansas City metro area. Independence is kind of on the eastern end. And it just kind of sucked getting there after work and then driving home at like 10 or 11 o'clock at night in Independence. Independence is kind of a shitty area. The store's not in a shitty area Just Independence sucks, it's very trashy Anyways, <laughs> uh, I really liked like, We played a ton of Gaia Project when it came out And I brought it home to my wife and I was like, honey, this is my favorite game And we played it, and she's like, yeah, I don't like this at all <laughs> So I have no one to play with Until things go back to normal hey, How about you? Which,
1: have you? Have you heard of Foxhole? Foxhole Is this a, a game, or is this a, a hole that a people game. dig in the ground? No, I've not heard of Foxhole the game
0: Neither neither had I. Um, and it's interesting because. Hold on, I need to buy some time real quick I'll let this out. I actually forgot who. Son of a bitch. Haka Paul. Okay. Okay, it's interesting because Foxhole is a tactical game, which is something I don't need at all. I have, but I have heard, I've never heard of it. And, um, so Foxhole is the tactical game from diffraction entertainment. And I think they came out with it like four years ago. Maybe It that's the company that makes the second world war TSWW, are you familiar with those games?
1: Yes, absolutely. Never played them, but I'm familiar with them.
0: Yeah, so they're, they're a little costly. Not all of them are. Like, I didn't buy a giant one. I So I bought... Um, they had a winter sale going on. And the winter sale was 20% off whatever you ordered for print products. You can get PDFs and make your own copies, but it's 1,700 counters for a game. So I'm not doing print and play of that shit. Um, <laughs> but they had a free copy of Foxhole. So it's like... Well, shit! Not getting a free game is like losing money. So how can I pass uh, <laughs> TSWW? Which, uh, if you're in the Facebook wargame group, you'll see a guy named Clay Stone plays these massive games. He's playing campaign for North Africa, or uh,
1: yeah, yeah. So what's going Yeah, on? Clay is the one that got me interested in GOSs as well. Right.
0: He just he plays massive games, and he told me that TSWW is his favorite system at one time. And uh, so during their sale. I was looking for an Operation Mercury Invasion of Crete game, and there's not a ton. And I already have the GTS game, and I really like it, but I, I kind of wanted more. And uh, so TSWW, Operation Mercury, came across my screen. Then I saw the sale, and then I saw the free game, and then I saw that they had a couple copies of Hakapale, which is the Winter War. Yeah. And a shout out to my favorite listeners, the listeners from Finland, although... Finland's losing some points now that Patrick Laine has been traded from Winnipeg, but we don't even talk about that. I know that.
1: that's a shame.
0: <sighs> so uh, beautiful box, uh, really a nice. They're very expensive, but I th- I think they're kind of a labor of love. They're massive. Uh, Hakapale is seventeen hundred counters, three big maps, and all kinds of stuff. So
1: yeah, they kind of remind me of uh, what's the Death Roads that series. In that they're just small, sort of a small independent publisher that produces huge games that very much seems to be like. Oh, yeah. Death Road um, to Salerno, I think is one of them. There's some other ones as well. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that have the $2,500 crate that you can buy.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Death Is it Death Ride?
1: Death Ride. Maybe that's yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah the one but where you the need company that does TSWW to... <laughs> kind of reminds me of them in just in the small company big games.
0: Yep. Uh, so who knows when I'll, when I'll get to this stuff? I I really want to play um, some Winter War action, and so it may be sooner rather than later. Um, well, we can
1: play some Hakapali ASL too.
0: That's yeah, I wouldn't mind that getting reprinted. Um, I've got so that cool. one. I
1: was lucky to get that. And...
0: Well, since I'm not gonna order the the uh, Finnish trilogy games, which are even more than the TSWW games and are no longer being supported and have rules issues. Uh, this, this will do for now. And really that's, um, I'm sure there's some stuff between now and Christmas, but it's already forgotten. <laughs> you know. Oh, I uh, bloodborne Kickstarter came in. And holy moly, it looks so.
1: I don't know that much about that one. What I do know is I've seen people on Facebook opening up like boxes that you could put a refrigerator in.
0: <laughs> yeah, the all in was massive. Yeah. I, I did not get an all in one, and it was plenty, it was uh, four boxes for not going all in, just a stupid <laughs> amount of games. Uh, so that's really it. Um, but. When TSWW showed up at work I was I was really happy with it They only had one of the There's different like print qualities Like I said there's a PDF copy There's a PDF copy with a CD There's a basic print copy And then there's like better print copies With like more stuff Like a box Or the general's copy Had It's supposed to have all these extra features The only thing they had in stock was the general's copy hmm. So I did spring a little bit for it um, no- Nothing crazy by any means, Obviously but-
1: I've heard of print and play, but I've never heard of a company offering like two different print qualities.
0: It, well, it's not a different print quality. It's like one is just the PDFs, and like one is a PDF of the maps and counters, and they give you the rules or something. like it's just now a little bit of it's printed. Mm. So it's all the same quality. It's just okay. how much how much work are they doing so i'm I'm curious to see what all came in the the Generals edition or whatever, but uh yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Push some push some fins around uh, all right uh let's talk about some books yeah yeah uh so i read guts and gunships by mark garrison that sounds um, awesome it it was and and here's what i'll say about it 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 uh it's not as dramatic as something like um chicken hawk or obviously it's not as dramatic as um uh, what what did we just read Matterhorn. Matterhorn, thank you. Not not near as dramatic as that. It's just kind of this helicopter pilot from Vietnam gets in, tells a story, and if, if he just has a little short story to tell, it's a short chapter. You know, he's talking about these bees that he pissed off, which was really funny. <laughs> uh, or, you know, there are some really dramatic moments where he's talking about, like, the guys he saved would find them at, um, at camp and come up and, like, look for them and say, hey, we were the squad down on the ground and and like that stuff was good. Um, but it just gets in and tells the story and just does it well. It's short. And it I really enjoyed it. I, on the auto audio book, they like included an actual clip from their radio comms when he was under fire during, during a mission. That was kind of cool. It was good. I, I recommend it. Um, for sure. Uh, I'm reading Stalingrad by Anthony Beaver is it's good. I I just really like Anthony Beaver's stuff and um I'm guess I'm enjoying it. It I like that it you know my big problem with Enemy at the Gates was how it treated the German army and the sense that it gave him a pass and he basically starts off with like more or less saying the German army doesn't get a pass for the shit that happened. <laughs> And and that was a big problem for me with uh, Enemy at the Gates. Yeah. Which I like. I think that's but.
1: that's the only big Stalingrad book I've read is Enemy at the Gates.
0: This is good. I, I I think this is good. And it it's getting to it quickly. Like I think it's easy to um there's so much you could talk about before Stalingrad, right? Like you could talk about the failed siege of Moscow or or, mm-hmm. or anything else, right? There's it's so interesting all all the Russian front. Uh but he seems to be getting to the point pretty quickly, which is good that's good and then i just have one uh sci-fi fantasy book to read and and the or mention and the reason i'm mentioning it is a while ago i read legend by uh david Gimmel or jamel g-e-m-m-e-l-l and it was this really good fun fiction story about a siege of a, of a strong point loved it and this is this is kind of an opposite of that like Legend is very serious, and Sixteen Ways to Defend a Walled City by KJ Parker is just kind of like it's it's comedic, and I really enjoyed it. It was a really quick read. And is it uh, if high you like...
1: fantasy or low fantasy?
0: Oh, lo- low low fantasy. There's okay. no well. Uh, there's no magic, but there's also no humans or there doesn't oh, okay. seem to be human. It's just kind of set in its own world. okay. Um, KJ Parker typically writes um, novellas like 100 page books and they're good. I've read a few different of them. Usually they have some kind of big twist is, is kind of what he's known for. Um, and this was really good. It, it's uh, there's another one in the series I want to read. not it's it's like completely standalone. but it's just another story, uh, a siege story that I thought maybe our listeners would enjoy. And I thought it was pretty funny. Cool. What have you you been reading anything?
1: Sort of. Slowly. Um, I'm still working my way through Snow and Steel. <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, you're talking about in the Stalingrad book a minute ago, you were saying how oh, it's nice that he gets right into it. Well, <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> Snow and Steel, he does not get right into no. it. I mean, you're like 10 hours into the book before the Battle of the Bulge starts. So, And then there's another 10 hours to go. So I it's... I can't, I think you've probably, did you talk about it on this show or I can't remember, but mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's good stuff in there, but it's just too long. But mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, I feel like I've got to get through this book at this point. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I'm just, I'm working my way through it very slowly. Uh, and then for a fantasy book, my wife and I, were usually usually listen to something together. And I've actually heard this one before, um, but we're listening to the well of Ascension, which is the second book in the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. So, um, and it's, it's such a great trilogy. It just, it builds on itself and builds on itself in the middle of the second book. It kind of drags a little bit, but we're actually right to get right about to get to the part where it's going to take off again. So I love that trilogy
0: nice brandon's i have a, a big old stack of fantasy and sci-fi books to get to actually i pulled several of them off and settled on uh hyperion which oh I mean, yeah the first have you read those well. before no no and i'm only about 50 pages in. i paused it to to focus on stalingrad yeah um those are but good. brandon sanderson's book whichever like the first one for recommended reading for any of his books not just the Mistborn stuff. Um, I picked that was one I considered but it's yeah. it's something I've meant to get to for a long time
1: you can't go wrong with Hyperion either that's another one that really builds the uh the universe over the the course of the books and does a good job
0: nice yeah I'm enjoying it um yeah we'll, we'll see where I go it, it is a little bit of a slow read but uh yeah we've just been doing it's been really nice my wife and I've been doing way more reading at night than than uh last year for sure yeah and that's always good.
1: Yeah. I just haven't had a whole lot. I mean, the last couple of weeks, I've just, you know, I'm still resting and recovering and everything. So everything's been a little slower for me. So not a whole lot going on as far as what I've accomplished, but I'm looking forward to getting my strength back and get back into everything, including more reading. But it doesn't help that the snow and steel book is really taking a while. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think you had a good point. There's nothing bad about it.
0: It's just like... He's he talks about like Germans wearing US clothes behind enemy lines like so much in so yeah. many different places. Like he'll talk about it and spend a chapter talking about it. And then like two chapters later it feels like we're back on that again. Yeah. You know? Uh it but it's not bad. It is certainly not bad. It's just there is a lot. And uh, you know, I was talking like in the the book club for it. some people really dug that and it just wasn't.
1: Yeah. One thing I have been doing, and I've done this with other history books as well, is if you have a game to go with it, even if you haven't played the game or, you know, you don't have it on your table or whatever, I'll bring up the Vassal module. And so that I've got a map of everything right there as I'm reading the book. And I can see like all these little Belgian cities that I I mean, besides like Bastogne and St. vith I know where those are. But all the little towns and everything and little roads, I'll follow along with like Arden 44 or something like that and just kind of see what he's talking about, which I think is cool.
0: It's not a bad idea, actually, especially with Vassal, because then you can just like you can start set up and you don't yep. have to work. So you can actually see where the forces are, not just stare at the map. That's not a bad idea.
1: Yeah. And I've done that with Google Maps as well. But sometimes seeing it in a game is sometimes more helpful because a oh, lot yeah. of times those cities have changed.
0: Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, good. Uh, should we talk about some games again?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You want to go first?
0: Sure, because a couple of these I'm going to go pretty quick on because we talked about them in the Best Of. And that's White Eagle Defiant. Um, I think when we were recording, I was like in the middle of the game and and I wrapped that up. Um, And my thoughts are in that episode. I I don't think you need this in Brave Little Belgium. I think it's another very good entry um, in that that type of series. I'm interested to see where they go next. I think they need to keep developing, obviously, but uh, it's very fun. Um, I'm looking to play it opposed. I think I told the story like my wife was like really not looking forward to it. And I like you don't have to say if you don't want to. Uh, but that's good. And it plays then so next... quick
1: though that I mean, yeah, I mean, I my daughter is not a war game fan at all, but she's played it with me and enjoyed it because you know play it in 30, 45 minutes.
0: Sure. Yeah. Well,
1: I'm talking about Brave Little Belgium. I assume White Eagle Defiant is yeah. It's
0: it's around the same play time, and then I kind of speed it up by pulling in like all the different dice. Yeah. So I, like, I have different dice for, like, if I'm attacking with a bunch of fours, well, then they're using blue dice, and I have a bunch of blue. And then if I'm, instead of just, like, one set of dice and trying to, like, roll my fives, roll my fours, and it speeds it up a little bit. Um, and then next war, Vietnam, which is, is now put back away, but I'm going to get it back out, either this or Taiwan, because I'm starting to learn the naval rules, and I had the, um, I had the strategic surprise scenario set up and there's, there's some cool stuff going on in Vietnam. And I talked about this, that this is just another good entry into, uh, or another good Vietnam or gosh, another good next war series <laughs> entry. Um, and they just keep doing cool things. I don't know if this is in Poland or Korea, but basically there's a chance that U S troops, um, get tied up in a war with Korea at the same time.
1: Oh, that's interesting. At,
0: so they, they roll a die and they have to get over a number or they can sacrifice victory points. And if they don't, then those reinforcements go to South Korea. It assumes that North Korea has launched an attack at the same time.
1: That's pretty cool.
0: And then, and then there's some like and minor you can, I mean, countries, you
1: Taiwan in there as well.
0: Well, well, the rules not in there for Taiwan, but I mean, I guess that would that would make sense. It's not it's not like part of the combined game that the rules offer, oh, but okay. it is just this little like die roll you do for each reinforcement phase. And uh, the other thing that can happen is like minor Asian countries can enter the war. So, but it's not guaranteed either. Yeah, and I don't know if that's in. Again, I've only played India Pakistan. And that's definitely not in India-Pakistan, but like uh, the Philippines can enter the war or Thailand can enter the war. Huh. Interesting. And they, they have specific troops that, that come in. Poland and, I, does
1: I, have other, I mean, if you want to call them minor nations, but like other NATO nations. And then Russia can also, it, I mean, there's, it's not like they're getting added to war, but Rus- Russia al- also uses Belarusian troops.
0: Well, so I guess what it would be similar here is there are rules to bring in French and British troops. As well, but these are like random die rolls to bring in Thai forces or Malaysian forces. Okay, and they can go either way. <laughs> they can go non-allied or allied, cool. or or remain neutral. Yeah, I don't know. I thought it was something new, or well, it's definitely new to me because I haven't played the other ones. But I thought it was. I it's just a little little things like that to see them keep adding. You know, there's been plenty of stuff added over the last several years i'm sure but that was something that was new that jumped out to me and i was like oh that's kind of neat um okay and then i didn't mean to talk about that that long i meant to talk about uh pavlov's house yeah which i have talked about and talked about playing before but i finally pulled it out i'm on the stalingrad kick it's good rich like i I know i enjoy it
1: i haven't played it in a while but i enjoy it now that we both played it we should make it a featured game sometime
0: well that's what i'm thinking like next month we should because um i'm I'm reading the stalingrad book i'm playing pavlov's house it's like states of siege but like something like ottoman sunset but with more oh yeah like you blow it up yeah and give more things to do but without really complicating things
1: yeah, and I like the, the three different levels that you have to think of the battle. Mm-hmm. You know, from the house to getting supplies into the house to the entire city, and yeah. It's cool. Yeah,
0: um, I really learned the importance of anti-aircraft in my first game.
1: Yeah, I'm lucky if I can survive to the end. I can never do counterattacks. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, okay, it's time to do a counterattack. I'm like, with what? <laughs> yeah, ex-
0: yeah. I read that in the rules and I was like, mm, that's, that's not going to happen for a while. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, like, we'll feature this game. The, the one thing I'll say is, like, um, just because I knocked uh, Holland Spiel and Brave Little Belgium really kind of Blue Panther for it, this game needs storage. There's one bag for the wooden cubes that are that are used in like the advanced rules or whatever, and then there are I don't know a hundred chits and they all a lot of them mean different things and it's just in the box.
1: It's been so long since I opened it I couldn't remember so maybe I used my own bags I honestly well, don't remember.
0: So I was talking to someone on Twitter like this because I you know just shitting around I was like, we need to include game storage in games. Yeah. And someone's like, well use your bags from other games and. I am out. Like that's what I did do. <laughs> I would always save our games, but then my uh, my next war Vietnam didn't have baggies in it. So because those yeah. are going in trays,
1: you know. And this is kind of off subject, but I wish when you got a game, not only would they include storage, but they'd also put somewhere in the rule book: this is how we think you should organize the game. Because. They made the game. They have played the game. They know how you're going to need to pull it out and set it up and everything. And some of them, I mean, it's pretty simple. You know, everybody that's got the red stripe put them together. But it's not always that simple. I mean, some of the systems, like like the Simonich uh, Zokbon system, you know, usually those you want to store by based on when they come on the map. So you put like all the all the turn one guys together, all the turn two guys together, and so forth and so on.
0: It's funny you mention that because um, probably not next week, but the week after, there's going to be a, uh, not an unboxing, but a reboxing I'm going to do of Stalingrad 42 on our YouTube channel. Cool. And I'm going to talk about that specifically. Um, and I, I agree 100% because there's so many games like uh, Line of Battle. Love it. But until you jump in there, it's really hard to know how to organize. A boatload of counters like that mm-hmm. i mean once you play the game it usually makes sense but there'll be a lot of times i'm just watching a movie and clipping and organizing anyways and i haven't read the rules so i'm just right who knows if i'm even close but yeah, yeah I, I would <laughs> dig that if they said hey here's a good way euro games do it it's 2021 folks <laughs> uh and then the last thing i mentioned this this is also going to be something i'm going to introduce on uh on the YouTube channel as well, and then once I get it play tested, I'll I'll just throw it out there, and people can do whatever they want with it. I'm doing like a what if scenario with U.S. Civil War. Oh yeah, that's basically kicking off in June of for the Gettysburg campaign, um, but kind of taking some of the rules out. So I've been playing around with that. Basically, I, I want to simulate. What if what if Lee didn't go to Gettysburg? What if what if they tried to relieve the siege of Vicksburg instead?
1: But you're doing and, this in the U.S. Civil War. Yes. Your favorite game. Uh, okay.
0: Yep. Hmm. So I've been pushing that around because I'm trying to get the the there's a setup for 1863, but it's in January. And hmm. so what I'm trying to do is get the game set up where you can ignore the reinforcement steps and just go into the the strategic movement phase. Yeah. And and then just follow the leader stuff the same just to make it like a really quick. All you have to worry about is move and fight. So you're just your going to load up
1: the railroads and send everybody down to Vicksburg. Not everybody, obviously, but rather than. Yeah, but then I think you have having having to a northern like, invasion.
0: But I think you got to keep the the rules the same and keep you know limit the Confederates' train movement. The same rules from the right. game. Right. Right um so i don't know how much you can do that plus vicksburg's already surrounded is, is where i'm gonna kick off yeah um anyways i i think it's fun and i'm playing around with it but right now i'm trying to just get the uh the numbers right in a good setup and then i want to play around with it because i think it is an interesting what if and i think that's a good game to do it with that's kind of cool i think all right what about you rich what have you been playing
1: Not a whole lot. I mean, I've been sort of pushing counters around. Everything that's on my list is stuff that I've just sort of barely been playing. Um, But OCS Korea, um, played a scenario of that, and I've got another one set up and ready to go. Um, (laughs) Evan is waiting for me to respond, and I keep saying, I'm going to get to it. I'm going to get to it, but um, yeah, a little bit of OCS Korea. Um, I I can't remember if I talked about this before. Battles from the Age of Reason Prague can't remember if i talked about this or not i don't know if we but, talked
0: about Prague specifically but.
1: yeah i've been playing that a little bit again mostly pushing counters around um so not a whole lot to talk about but we're also setting up an online game of empires and arms which is pretty interesting we're very early into it we've basically just like done our initial declarations of war we're going to play this together at donkey Kong, and we decided that before we do that we're just going to like learn to play an online game between now and May. So um, the rule book is pretty thick, pretty dense. It's, it's a Napoleonic game, strategic level, um, seven, seven different nations involved. So I'm going to be playing Prussia, at least for this one. And um, it's, it's sort of a sandbox. I mean, I think you start out with like Great Britain and France at war in 1805, but everyone else, you know, it's all up to negotiations. So I'm really interested in it. Um, Something I've wanted to play for a while. And, you know, Donkey Kong is perfect for stuff like that. But this way we can go into it at least knowing how to play the game before we get there.
0: Yeah, I'll be curious to see how far you guys get in that. Because I think um, what someone else was mentioning was the diplomatic phases can just get way bogged down.
1: Yeah, I'm sure that can be the case. The initial diplomatic phase, I think we went... It was less than a week, but I think you probably just got to put a time limit on it. Just yeah, say, hey, we're done in two days.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah, I'll be really curious. Interesting game. I just don't know why, like, it checks all the boxes. But uh, when it was pitched, I was just like, "Yeah, I just don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's something that looks good on paper for me, um, but I just, uh, yeah. I don't know.
1: I think it's a Donkey Kong game for sure, though, because oh, yeah. I mean, where else are you going to get seven players to to play that? I mean, right. We're about to talk about a six player game. It's hard enough to find six, but um, yeah, it's 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 not simple, and the rules are are not easy to to wrap your head around. So,
0: and, and it's multiple. And days. I can't
1: say yet whether that's a good thing or not. You know, more very detailed, thick rules can be good because of detail, or they could be bad because it's just. I mean, it is from the eighties, so games were hard yeah. back then.
0: I will say, not only do you have to get seven people, but it's seven people for multiple days. Like, yeah, like it's not a one-day game, exactly. Yeah, uh, nice and nice transition into our six-player game. Or have you been playing anything else?
1: Uh, no, days. that's about all I've been playing so far.
0: Nice. Uh, Well good Let's then use your transition Into our six player game This is our featured game of the month I think we said we would do this one Uh, Here I Stand I think specifically although there's not a huge difference Just some more cards and slightly better rules Here I Stand 500th Anniversary Edition The one published in 2017 Uh, This is a game from GMT Originally published in 2006 Designed by Ed Beach Uh, Map by Or art by Mark Simonich. And then I think Roger McGowan did some cover art and maybe some other art. They're both credited. Uh, and it is a six-player war game about the uh, the Reformation. Yeah. Uh, Rich, why don't you real quick tell people what the Reformation is in case they don't know?
1: Uh, Reformation was – it started in 1517 when Martin Luther um, – I mean, it didn't really start then, but that was kind of the official kickoff date. (laughs) It started long before when reformers were getting burned at the stake. But uh, Martin Luther basically had some some grief with the Catholic Church. He was a Catholic monk at the time. And basically, um, the day after what we would call the day after Halloween, but on All Saints Day, he knew everybody was coming to church. And he nailed his 95 Thesis to the cathedral door saying, hey, we need to talk about this stuff. And it basically kicked off... A religious war that then turned into, I think they call it the Peasants' War, which broke out all over Germany. Thousands or hundreds of thousands of people were killed. And, um, I mean, it completely changed the direction of Europe altogether.
0: Nice. And so this is a six-player game on that topic. There's six factions. They each play, uh, well, they don't each play differently, but they, they each are unique um, which we'll talk about more, but there's England, France, Ottoman Empire, Habsburg Empire, the papacy, uh, the Pope, and then uh, the the Protestants. Lutherans. Protestants, yeah. Yeah, I guess I shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, technically there's Calvinists the Calvinist Calvin, as well. He jumps right, right. in there too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Writes their coattails, I guess. Uh, and so this is a card, uh, a card-driven game. Um, you can, you, everyone's dealt a hand of cards based off, you get a certain amount based off, kind of how well they're doing in the game and they can use those for action points or for the events and everyone has different objectives and their own kind of like rules that are that are different in the game like uh england is king henry's you know trying to find an heir and um the protestants are like translating bibles and spreading their religion and don't really have military forces until a later point in the game um, I don't,
1: yeah, I don't know a, how much, go one, one thing I think is interesting is there's sort of a spectrum, all six nations, you could like kind of line them up on how much they care about religion and how much they just care about military power. So like the Turks or the Ottoman empire zero religion at all. They just, they don't care at all about the religion game, whereas the, the Protestants, are almost all religion. It's not till they care about military power, not until the end of the game, and everyone else is is somewhat in between.
0: Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't know, like how much there. There is a lot going on, but when you read the rule book, like let's say you're playing for the first time, you kind of need to read the basic rules and then just read what applies to your faction. Like, yeah, yeah sure is England, you care what France is doing. But the France-specific things, you, you can't really do a whole lot to change them anyways.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Um, so it, it's pretty approachable, and actually the rules are pretty simple. I don't know how much we need to go into detail. I mean, there's like, you can explore the New World, and you can uh, translate Bibles, or the, the Pope and the Protestants are always getting into debates. And and that's kind of what gives the game its flavor for the different factions, but like even combat is really just a bucket of dice and you're looking for you're looking for uh a six yeah or is it only a six that hits uh, in combat or is it four I think or it's, higher
1: oh no oh, I, can't now I can't remember it might be yeah. five or six the religious combat's done a little differently because yeah. then it's basically just who got the single highest die roll right. and ties get adjudicated depending on where and when it happens Um, My,
0: my point is it boils down to a bucket of dice and not, there's not a, you know, terrain effects chart or anything like that. So it's actually a pretty rules, I'm going to say light because there's a lot going on, but it's not very intense.
1: Yeah. It's one of those things where you can, you can easily like look up. I mean, if you have never played the game before, the first thing you want to do is you want to pick your faction and read ahead of time what your faction special rules are. But then when you get there, like you could sit down six people and be like, okay, well we need to do combat now. Look up the combat section of the rule book and it's gonna be a couple columns that you need to read and follow along and it's easy to follow.
0: Yeah, and it's pretty nice about um there's like charts on, okay, here's what this faction can use ops points from their cards from and things like that. So it's not it, it really isn't. Um so the game progresses, um, there's over several turns, and more and more cards are added in. Yeah. Um. As and then you go every okay.
1: turn, almost, if if a card hasn't already come up naturally, then at the end of the turn, this card has to, you know, we'll pull it out of the deck and we'll play this card to make it happen.
0: Which is also important because there's also manda- mandatory cards for every faction, and yep. usually they're they're you usually want to play them. It's just like when do you want to play them because you can't pass until you play that card now once you pass you're not out of the round but you can't pass to play your kind of like trump card if you will it's not really quite that powerful um but that's also a factor um i i I mean i guess just in in general what you're trying to do is um there are square cities on the board for most factions this really doesn't apply to the pope although it kind of does really not the protestants
1: pope's got um, a couple keys i mean yeah they're called like keys yeah
0: so the pope does care about them the protestants not not as much and that's kind of what rich said like each faction varies in how much they care about things so for for the powers you're trying to capture these keys which give you victory points there's other ways to score victory points
1: and possibly additional cards
0: additional cards an automatic win my last game i was one attack away i even rolled the attack just to see if it would have um from getting an automatic victory um from getting all of my keys out as england which again are the square cities um you can explore the new world you can circumnavigate the globe and all of those things may lead to victory points you can translate the bible again victory points and so it's the first to 30 points i believe triggers the end game He's 25. 25? Yeah. Okay. Or kind of each faction has their own automatic victory. Like the Protestants can convert 50, uh, 50 points to, uh, it's a point-to-point game, there's no hexes, um, to Protestantism.
1: Yeah. And hand size can be very different. Like especially toward the end of the game, it wouldn't be uncommon for the papacy to have like five cards and the Habsburgs to have ten. Yep but the Habsburgs have to do more with those cards too. So it's it's interesting.
0: There's, there's a lot of deal making. Uh, it's very structured in the deal making. Um, if you were playing in person, I assume you would set a time limit, but you reach your deals and there's certain deals that you can reach. There's some things you, you can't negotiate, but then everyone goes through one at a time. And let's say, uh, Uh, rich is playing the ottomans and i'm england and i'll say england and ottoman empire an alliance and then rich will either confirm or deny it's all very formal and then we keep moving and everyone announces the deals they've reached
1: yeah and that's one interesting thing too is that the the turn the order of the players of the nations is always exactly the same and and that order really comes into play because there's a lot of things that are like okay where you you're going to get to go first, but I'm going to get to see the reaction to this before I decide. And it's always going to be the same. There's no variable turn order at all.
0: So let me ask, let me ask you this because it's something I've, I've been thinking about and we've talked about it, but like this game to me, doesn't feel like uh, it doesn't not feel like the reformation, but I don't feel like England well, you know, like, when I'm playing the U.S. Civil War, I I, I always feel like I, I am, uh, like, Abraham Lincoln or something. Well, I guess you're not Abraham Lincoln because I'm I'm the one pissing Abraham Lincoln off. <laughs> I don't feel like England. I don't feel like I'm King Henry worrying about producing an heir. Maybe more so, I've played the Protestants in England. Maybe more so as the papacy and, and Protestants. Do you kind of feel like you're... Um, fitting into that role but i don't i don't know if it's a game that really evokes a feeling of being in a historical time period do you do you agree or disagree
1: yeah i would sort of agree with that have you ever played diplomacy
0: no i haven't
1: okay i've only played it once um it's a good game but i hate it i just (laughs) i can't play that game but here i stand is like every good thing about diplomacy with none of the bad things and and what I mean by that, because you were talking about theme, is diplomacy is I think it's World War One ish. Um, Here I stand is is kind of the same way. I mean it's 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 about playing the players and playing the diplomatic game more than it is playing the war game. And for that reason, it's not necessarily. I mean you could move it forward or back. I mean you could move that the same game and play more or less the same game in the 13th century or the 19th century. So I agree with that. Um, The cards do add a lot of historicity to it, which I think are interesting, but not necessarily because you can play it for ops instead. So, I mean, I can have John Calvin and -hmm. I can say, oh, this is going to be a big boon for the Protestants because Calvin did something. Or I can say, I'm going to play it so that I can, you know, move my French (laughs) troops from point A to point (laughs) B
0: circumnavigate the globe yeah Yeah, (laughs) yeah. um yeah and that's that did make me think like where it is about playing the 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 diplomacy or playing the players mad props to ed beach for making a game like that where where it's all about the the diplomacy and reading the game state offering six different game experiences really All, all similar but they're different and being balanced because yeah. from what i've seen this is a super balanced game.
1: Yeah, um i i have played i mean I, I i'm not sure how many times i played including online it's probably in the 20s and i would say it's probably a pretty good balance of of who won those among the six factions. Um i think Ottomans although they may be some of the most fun to play. They might be the hardest to win with the papacy's really hard to win with, but the other four, I think are very equal.
0: Hmm. I, one thing I, I will
1: say about that though. I mean, if there is a negative to this game, it's that it is a six player game. I would never ever play this game with less than less than six. I've tried it with less than six. There are rules so that you can play it with less than six. It drops off. Drastically in the amount of fun that you have if you play with less than six.
0: I can see that. I have no desire to ever drop down.
1: Yeah, yeah. If someone shows up and we've got six players and are all ready to play, here I stand. And one guy calls in sick, we're going to play something else.
0: Yeah, I I would do that too. I think that's fair. Um, Whereas something like you know, just just thinking about back to games we've talked about, um, onward Christian soldiers, where I think it excels with seven or eight, whatever it, whatever it can play. I'm sure that's great. I think you still get the same experience with if you lose two guys or something like that. Yeah. Um, I have a complaint about this game, and, and we've talked about when I first played it, and that's the king making. I mean, Damn, in that's this true. last play, we talked about it. France ran away with it, and everyone shit on him. And it's good we were near the end because then I shit on him some more so I could win. <laughs> like... He, he maybe had a chance to come back after he sued for peace after everyone ganged up on him, but he was in such a weak state that it's like, all right, I'm declaring war on you and basically eliminate, I mean, you're not eliminated, um, but for all intents and purposes, he didn't really have much left on the board. Yeah. Um, and that all came from the fact that all the players except for one. We're like we're not gonna let France win. That and was the, the game
1: where I was playing the Ottomans, and I had my my pirate fleets off the coast of Normandy.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, no, no that that was I was talking about our winter game, but yes, oh okay, that, I mean still same thing. We all ganged up on someone, yeah. and then I snuck in and won there. Um, and it's it's the same complaint I have about coin but it's not as bad as coin because my one thing I hate about coin, if I'm the Arvin and I'm playing with the U S the U S is actively trying to get me to lose. Right. Which is why I like to play
1: fire in the lake two versus two. I think fire in the lake is better as a better game. If you play two V two,
0: like true two V two. Yep. Yeah. Can you do that?
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. You play absolutely. So the U S and Arvin, uh neither can win unless both are above their victory threshold.
0: Awesome. I did not know that. I yep. I I really do like friend Link I think I mentioned that. Um that's very interesting. I want to look into that more. Um but it is a problem here even if I said last month it's not as big a problem because it's usually signaling the end of the game, but I guess that's not always true. Um But, man, like, I got to think, like, thank goodness France was a good sport and loves Here I Stand and understand this is how I work. If that was my first game of Here I Stand and someone beat me into oblivion and basically eliminated me from the game, (laughs) I don't know, like, how I would feel coming back to it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's true. And it it can be gamey that way. And France, in particular, that tends to happen, too. Because if the Habsburgs and England gang up on France, France is, at the very least, going to have a bad couple of turns.
0: But. I'm going to... You're right. If England and Habsburgs do that, I think then the challenge is on the French player to play hardball with Scotland, like not intervening with Scotland, or working alliances with Ottoman Empire or whoever else it's going to be. And that's where, like, then it becomes a challenge. Yeah, you're going to get ganged up upon, but you better start wheeling and dealing. Maybe you have to give a key away or something that drastic. But I think there's, I I wonder what like Ed Beach would say, or maybe he has said in an interview about like the king making or the gang, excuse me, ganging up on people.
1: Well, he's got a new game coming out that is set a little bit earlier than Here I Stand. And I, I'm really curious to see how that's going to compare as far as, I think it's a lower player count for one. And I'm curious to see what kind of changes he's made to, and it's not a system game. I don't want to imply that, but... Obviously it's the same guy relative same time period so I'm sure there'll be similarities.
0: Yeah, I mean just like and I have not played um Virgin Queen. Um, but I'm I, sure I there, there they are they similarities. Haven't. Yeah, I would love to play, which is another six player game set in another time period that I imagine plays very similarly.
1: Yeah, and that's just like 100 years later. I hear that Virgin Queen does better with less than 6, but again I haven't played it so I don't know.
0: Interesting. Um I'm trying to think Like, what else I would say about it? I mean, really, it's um, it's all about managing your cards, reading the game state, kind of monitoring all the other players, and just striving to get those twenty five points or or whatever you need. So adopting a strategy, I think. Like, so so what I mean by that is, as England, I think, I came really close to winning one game so take this with a grain of salt because I didn't actually win I think you shouldn't be distracted by the new world stuff I think as England you want to focus on invading France invading the Habsburgs Empire going like full military yeah I and think you also
1: of, with England and a lot of this is kind of luck based because it's based on a die roll but for England the game really changes and opens up for you after you have a male heir
0: if you get a male heir
1: if you do it right, but if you right. can get if you get lucky, and you get one early. Then your your home card, which we haven't really talked about, but every every faction has one card that is just for them. They they get every turn, and yeah, England usually uses it to try to make a baby. Um, but once you have a healthy male heir, that card becomes really powerful because you can use it even to declare war in the middle of a turn, which is terrifying if you're France.
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's one of my favorite home cards, uh because normally to declare war it happens in the declaration of war phase and yeah. costs uh CP like you have to get rid of card points yep. to do that with England you can just play your card and declare war yeah and you get to move or you, well you get uh you get points to use you, so yeah. you don't have to use them on movement um yeah and so, so that there's that only is,
1: and that's there's, I think, only one other card in the deck that allows you to do a surprise war, and the fact that England has it every single turn awesome. automatically is pretty... Uh, it's good.
0: Yeah, and so those those home cards Richard mentioned are the same cards we were talking about, the the cards that every faction has one that they have to play before they pass. And so that's England's where they're kind of worrying about um, the air or declaring war. Um, France's is, is kind of like tied to these chateaus Uh, the chateaus that give them victory points basically um the protestants is about They actually get two right they and it ties with bringing martin luther back is that right i don't remember
1: uh one of them lets him pull a card out of the deck and the other one that's right they're both related to luther the other one lets him do a bunch of reformation attempts i think
0: yeah and then um ottomans are they can use it to get like they can use it in combat or or something else
1: well they can use it to either build a bunch of uh janissaries or they can use it in combat after everyone has already rolled the dice yeah
0: yeah and then what about i haven't played Habsburg and, and pope Haps, do you, do you...
1: Habsburgs let uh charles basically teleporter on the map mm. and then move and the popes i can't remember what the popes does right now
0: yeah so but they're all different and they're all it's uh and that's what's, one thing that is interesting, and we've kind of talked about it, is like the structure of the game actually makes for, like, those mmm, I'm not thinking of a good word, but like those kind of just like game structure rules. I That's not what I wanted to say, but those types of rules make it make it interesting, right? This you can pass, but you have to play this card first. You can pass and then come back into the game, assuming you play the card first, and like things like that. I think allow for more interesting decisions. Um, basically, what I won is the Protestants. Someone was running away with it. If it, I think it was France, maybe it was England, but I saw an opportunity to win, but. I wanted to pass and sit the round out basically until everyone way committed into stopping France or England. And then I could really kind of act unchecked because everyone else had already played their cards and it's just doing things like that, that I think make for a really interesting um, game experience. Even though you may not feel like you're playing in the reformation, it's really more about the game play yeah. than the theme. I think.
1: Yeah. Gameplay and, I mean, just sitting around the table with other people. I play this game mostly on Vassal, and it's still fun, but there's nothing compared to sitting around a table some Saturday, spending all day playing this game.
0: Yeah. Any Anything else you want to say about the game?
1: Uh, no, I think that covers it.
0: I mean, a knock. There's like a tournament scenario to play quicker, but uh, my two I've, games have I've been only played eight it hours. once. The tournament scenario
1: yeah only played it once it just i mean i understand that it's competitive it's supposed to let everyone set up and be even at a certain point in the game and make for basically what's half a game but the build-up is is just as fun as anything to me so i i sure. i don't like playing without the build-up
0: oh yeah i think you would don't well you would only do the tournament in my mind if you were playing in a tournament or if you were in a time crunch yeah um my two games have been eight hours each so it is it's long but it's not we talk a lot about monster and big war games, so I don't... That's not really a, a fair knock because, well, Beyond the Rhine, we played for yeah. four days straight. And yeah, it's a
1: one-day game. I mean, it takes it takes a full Saturday, but it's good.
0: Yeah, uh, it's good. Um, I have not read much Reformation stuff. Is there anything you would recommend reading-wise that you enjoyed so, from
1: this time period? It's not about the Reformation in particular, um, but there is a book called... Christianity, the first 3000 years. (laughs) Yeah, I know it's funny because it actually, it goes back a thousand years before Christ and talks about some of the Greek philosophy influences, which is why it's titled that way. Um, But there are, it's a big book. Um, It's a good read if you're interested in the history of Christianity, but specifically the chapter, maybe one or two chapters in the middle that are on the reformation. If you were to pick that book up and just read those two chapters They're just fascinating. I mean, Mm. this time period with everything that was going on with the religious conflict and the wars that spawned from it, it really is a fascinating period of time. And just those one or two chapters would be worth it if you were just to read those.
0: I did read there was that book I I read last year, which I'm not expecting you to remember every book I read last year. (laughs) um, That was about... um, This is going to drive me nuts. Um,
1: There is a book, it's about Martin Luther, called Here I Stand as well, but that's more of a biography of him rather than covering the wars of the entire continent at the time. Well...
0: I can't the the name of the book is escaping me um oh my gosh this is embarrassing it is just called the 30 years war wow (laughs) um it it is not it is 100 years later um but it still kind of deals with um protestants and catholics and everything else that was kind of going on in the the same area of the world just a hundred years later it was it was pretty good so um not really tied to this game but um i think it's got a vibe so dan carlin
1: also has a really good podcast about the anabaptists which is all related to this as well so i can't remember exactly what it's called but it's it's really good um and then the specific war that, that spawned from this is, I think it's usually called the Peasants' War.
0: And there you go. I am sure there's plenty of stuff out there, especially if you're, I mean, if you, just on the Reformation side alone. Yeah. If you're looking for the military side, there's there's probably less, but I guarantee there's a ton of Reformation stuff. Uh, good. Uh, you or you know can what watch time the Tudors. There you go. <laughs> uh,
1: you know what time it is then? It is that time, the hardest time of the whole podcast.
0: We have a list uh, where we rank every war game ever, uh, one at a time, from worst to best. Um, And we talk about the game and we find a spot on this list, but really we're just the... We are the marble carvers. We're just chipping away at the uh, big block and revealing where here I sand falls on the list. It's, uh, but it's not marble as we discussed. It's it's marble only for War Rocket Ajax. For us, it's mud because we can reshape it once a year. Uh, so we we have thirty games on the list now. It's pretty uh, top heavy. You gotta go pretty far down before you get to a bad game, in my opinion. Uh any, any spot jumping out immediately, like, oh, maybe it goes here?
1: So it's inter- I mean, we, you and I are both big fans of theme, and one of the things that I think you and I both like is, is that question of, well, who am I when I play this game? And like we said, if this game has a weakness, that's kind of where it is. But just as far as playing the game, it, sitting around a table for a whole day playing this game, it's as fun as any game I've ever played. So Ooh. for me, it is, I mean, it's definitely top 10, probably a top five game.
0: Wow. Okay. Um, so I was looking around um, something like Axis Empires, which I know you haven't played, but right below Axis Empires is Imperial Struggle. Struggle.
1: I would put this far. I mean, it, it's hard to compare the two because you're comparing a two-player game with yeah. a six-player game. But in, in my mind, I guess, I guess it's kind of finding that, that range of if I only have two players and there are two player rules for this, this game is going to be down there with Zephyr um, Liberator. <laughs> but if I have six players and if I have an entire day to sit around the table and play this game with those six players, it's a top five game for me for sure.
0: Wow. 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 Okay. So number five is Red Storm. Yeah. Which I haven't played. But, uh, so is it better than Red Storm for you?
1: If I have six players, yes.
0: Wow, okay. Yep. Uh, ooh. Ah, man, Stalingrad 42 is so good. I, I pulled that out um, to just refresh myself on the rules and, and take a look at those gorgeous maps. And just, damn, is that a good game. We might... This is why this it's, it's. I mean, here.
1: it's so hard to compare a six-player game to a two-player game.
0: Yeah, but i I played Stalingrad forty-two six players.
1: Oh really? <laughs>
0: well, five. Five. Sorry, the Russians only had two, but we carved the German front into three sectors. It was a lot of fun. That's it cool. worked. It also sped the game up somewhat. Other than when people were like waiting for their buddy to go, I was like, no. The purpose of five peoples, we <laughs> all three of us go <laughs> at the same time. Yeah. Um. Damn. Hmm. All right, so right below Stalingrad Forty Two. I know you said Red Storm; it's better than Red Storm, but like, what about Silver Bayonet?
1: Ah, <sighs> again, if I have six mm. players and mm. I have all day to play it, it's it's better. But I don't always <laughs> have six players, and I don't always have. See, that's the thing. There's there's so <coughs> many different factors that that are involved in this.
0: Yeah, that's true. I am looking at this list, and I'm wondering how Stalingrad Forty Two ended up below Next Day Pakistan. We may need to revisit that
1: we got a year (laughs) yeah i
0: got a year to to stare at that man it's good you need to play that rich
1: i know i I do this is the dumbest reason but every time i think about playing it i think well matt's already got it on the list so (laughs) i need to play something else
0: (laughs) well we can re-rank it then uh okay um Well, so, you know, like here's, here's the problem with the list, but it is what it is. It's, it's drawing mud. So we can't do anything about it. Um, so let me, let me just, I'm going to, cause you
1: keep asking me, here's where, if, if I have six players Uh and if we're all going to sit down and play this all day long, I'm going to put this at number four. That's where I would put it under the best of conditions. But given that we don't always have the best of conditions, that's going to knock it down.
0: Okay. And I think that's fair because you don't need the best of conditions for beyond the Rhine. Right. You don't, which is the current number four, which is below Atlanta's ours. You don't need the best conditions with red storm. Right. I mean, you, so you given t-
1: that the conditions kind of have to be perfect in order for it to achieve those heights, um, I can see it dropping down. I still would say it's better than battle him. I'd, okay, I I guess I'd probably that. put it number 10 actually. I think I might put it right there because I think Empire of the Sun is going to be on average better, but not always better.
0: I so I haven't played Empire of the Sun. I would put it above Empire of the Sun. Would you? But well, <laughs> based off what though? <laughs> yeah, <know>? exactly. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I'll leave it up that, to you. I'm Empire good with
1: Empire of the Sun Stalingrad 42. I mean, those 3 different games but they kind of feel like that's a very close seven eight nine i'd be happy with it anywhere in that area
0: yeah well you pick then because i'm good with it as well i will say like the things those games don't have are the shit on the leader right can feel like shit
1: like i don't Well, two-player game game always has shit on the leader (laughs) well right right
0: but i don't mind getting my ass kicked in next War india pakistan you know and and I expect even no matter which side I'm playing in Stalingrad 42, like at one point in the game I'm going to be doing great, and at the other point I'm going to be getting my ass kicked. Whether whether I don't care how good you are, like yeah, <laughs> the Germans are going to get their butt kicked later on.
1: That's the interesting thing about Eastern Front games is you got to find that tipping point where it's good for both sides. <laughs> right, right. Uh, uh, so I, let's you I, I, let's go number ten then.
0: Okay, so we'll bump battle him down. Battle him falls out of the top ten. And uh, so the new number 10, it'll be uh, 8, Silver Bayonet, 9, Empire of the Sun, 10, Here I Stand, 11, Battle Hymn.
1: Yeah, I think Battle Hymn, volume b- one. You're still waiting volume for one. volume two. <laughs> we'll
0: get to that. Oh, that's another good transition, but I wasn't done here. Um, I, you know, Onward Christian Soldiers is here, and I think, I get, see- there you go. Perfect conditions. I think Onward Christian Soldiers is better, but perfect c- conditions for Onward Christian Soldiers probably involves rewriting some of the rules. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think this is good. Uh, a nice transition on Battleham Volume. There's one. a guy on, B-
1: on BGG that'll do that for you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh boy, uh, I'm gonna bite my tongue. There's no way he listens. No way. No way. Um so, speaking of Battle Him, let's talk about our most anticipated games of 2021. I feel uh, so
1: sad for you, Matt. You're so delusional.
0: No, so we're going to get to it. But I did um <laughs> I didn't mark all of them, but I did mark a couple of them that were on the 2020 list um that are still on my 2021 list. <laughs> so, I I see you have yours ranked um 1 to 6. Yeah. Uh, is six your most anticipated or your uh, least anticipated? one is my most anticipated? Okay, yeah. okay. Um, I never found a sixth. Uh, well, here's what I can do. I I can fix that real quick because I think you're right about one that I didn't think was coming out, and I think you're yeah. right. that. It I is. mean,
1: it's it's done so well on the P500. Yeah. that I. I
0: Hopefully, it just, it just wasn't in the art department But it's right. such a small game So uh, I guess I'll start And we'll just go back and forth I'll start at my number 6 uh, okay. I'm talking about Salerno 43 The only reason this is at number 6 Is it's just not clear when this game is coming out It's a very small Zokban game From Mark Semenich One map, not many counters um, Can't wait for it though Like The the Zokban games can take a long time um, Even though they're not monster games well stalingrad is but like normandy f- 44 it can take a long time um it's just not at the art department yet so that's yeah. the only reason I'll put i will I know
1: so little about the italian front in world war ii that mm-hmm. um in in addition to every other reason that i'm interested in this game just learning more about what happened in italy so
0: hell, hell yeah because now i get to do it in the zocbon system yeah wow where i have fast action battle sicily um like and i've played that like i've forgotten all about the system so it's it's great to be able to jump into something i know most of already i know there will be rules differences
1: number six for me uh and i'm not sure this is coming out this year but he's brad smith has been talking about it a lot is warsaw pact air commander um so i'm hoping it'll be this year uh looks like he's got some final art for it and i mean it sounds like it's about ready to go. So, but with Collinspiel, you don't know because they don't do P500 or anything. So, um, if you, I have, I don't think I've talked on this show, but I might have just mentioned it. NATO Air Commander. It's a solitaire game. Um, it's Collinspiel game, so it's a small game, but it's just really freaking fun. It's um, it it's kind of like a States of Siege game in a way. It looks like one, um, in that you've got like six fronts coming at you, and you have to, you know, set your air defenses and. Um, if you don't do well, then the Soviet army is going to advance, um, but it's, it's got a surprising amount of depth and fun to it. So that's NATO air commander, which is already out. And I've played a number of times, but now he's going to do the other side as well. Warsaw packed air commanders, basically same game, but from the other side.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Um, I like that. It's on the other side. I think that's an interesting uh, route to go to flip yeah. it and do Warsaw. I'd play that. Um, So the next game I have is Weimar the Fight for Democracy Which is a game coming out in 2021 From Matthias Kramer This is probably more Euro game than War game Um, And this is Based off the designer credit Alone Uh, Matthias Kramer has a ton of great Euro games Um, Glenmore Glenmore 2 I should be able to Remember more of what uh, He's done uh, oh, he's done Rococo, which just got a recent, very beautiful deluxe edition, way too expensive. I'm not going to buy it, uh, but if it goes down in price, I will, uh, which is a really great Euro game or seems to be, I haven't played it about designing clothes, but looks super fun. Uh, he's the guy behind Watergate or there may have been more than one, but one of the guys at least behind Watergate. So, um, he's doing this, uh, this game that I would assume is going to be pretty Euroy on, uh the weimar republic so
1: cool so it's not necessarily i mean is it basically the 20s you try to keep your government from crashing
0: yeah i think you start on the in 1918 um and it's all about like political battles and i really haven't done too much i know it's a card game or card driven game there's a map and everything um but again it's based off his name
1: i'm gonna give you a strategy hint for that game when you arrest Hitler, just go ahead and kill him. <laughs> Don't let him out.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I'll keep that in mind.
1: Uh, number five for me is Great Battles in the American Civil War from GMT, Into the Woods, the Battle of Shiloh. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one, honestly, it's just because I love the Battle of Shiloh so much. It's, probably my favorite battle of the civil war um i've been there it's just fascinating battle to me the system itself i'm not crazy about um but i'd like to give it more chance um but in any case i'm getting this game because it's shiloh
0: nice uh speaking of shiloh battle him volume two which was <laughs> yes. on our 2020 list so which here's... includes
1: shiloh if it ever comes out
0: yes here's the good news uh it's Bentonville and Shiloh, by the way, is what's in Volume Two. Um Battle Hymn Volume Two includes solitaire rules for that work with either game. Um they about a month ago posted some artwork for Bentonville. Looks great. Yeah. And they so in that town hall, I asked about Battleham Volume two because the only reason I'm dropping by is to find out about <laughs> the same game because I want it. Um and they said that basically it's all down to the, the playtesting of those solo rules. So
1: now, they made it sound no like it's this year. information in Battle Hymn, so I wonder what the solo rules are.
0: Yeah. I mean, I that's a Maybe. super
1: easy one. I've, I think very I've always played family. that solitaire. I don't know that I've played that one. No, I have played the... Uh, the drawing a blank, not Wilson's Creek. The uh, P Ridge? P Ridge. I've played P Ridge against someone. but yeah. Yeah, mostly I play that game solitaire. I'm,
0: I'm scheduled to play with P. Ridge with uh, Jason from AAC. Yeah. I'm really That's kind of my go to
1: my go-to Gettysburg game, actually. Um, I usually, every July 4th, I'll play uh, Battle Him Gettysburg, just solitaire.
0: Yeah, yeah. I've got, um, you know, like you can get it out pretty easily, especially if you have it organized well, like we talked about earlier. Uh, but yeah, we'll see. And hopefully it's out this year. That cool. was my number four Battle Him Volume 2.
1: Well, I'm going to do two in a row because you already said my number four. That's Salerno 43. Definitely on my list as well. Uh, number three for me is Pacific War, Struggle Against Japan. This is Mark Herman's huge, huge game that's getting a reprint. Um, I've never played it. I've just heard about it, and I can't wait to get it.
0: Nice. Is it – I mean, it's it's Herman. Is it um... – is it substantially different from Empire of the Sun?
1: I think so. I think this is uh, more like a traditional Hex Encounter game, um, and I think it's huge. I think it's a really big Pacific War game. Okay. It's one of those ones, I remember hearing him talk about it, um, like on a podcast or something. He's like, yeah, people keep telling me I should reprint it, and I threw it up on the 500 just sort of as a joke, and it all, it, it went to 500 and like,
0: Twenty
1: minutes or something. Wow. So yeah.
0: Okay. Uh let's see. That was your number three. My number three. Um the only reason this is number three and not number one is just because I'm I'm fine with the first printing because I don't really play the advanced rules as much as I love the game. But that's US Civil War second printing. Uh get it into more people's hands, clean up the rules a little bit, add some new things great all good by me get the you know there were probably three or four different rules versions after the the first version and um like you can you can get the most recent version and print it off at gmt but just getting a nice clean set of rule books and charts out great let's go civil war second printing uh, should be coming out this year i'll probably keep both yeah you know, i did map. not
1: pre-order this one just because i've got you know the one i have is fine but i'm curious sure. to see what will be different every time i do play it i always get the latest rules and just you know look at them on on my computer because i don't use the the existing rule book cuz there have been two or three ch- significant changes in the last 5 years or so
0: yeah yeah and, and the charts have changed um yeah i like i might even go as far as like frame part of that map or something like that yeah Uh, I I love the U.S. of War map. That's why it's in our logo. Uh, Okay, you're number two.
1: Number two is pretty cool because Mm -hmm. like two weeks ago, this was not on my radar at all. And (laughs) now it's it's almost number one. So historical ASL, Sword and Fire, the Battle of Manila. Uh, Last year was the year that I really fell in love with historical ASL and Battle of Manila sounds awesome to me. So I was instantly on that when they announced it last week or the week before
0: yeah so i cheated this is in my number two i just grouped all the asl stuff together yeah Uh, for king and country is on the way it should be here like i got my shipping notification it's on the way yeah i got that sitting
1: next to me right here now so
0: hollow legions is slated to come out this year yep uh which is adding ethiopians so that's fucking dope (laughs) uh and let's talk about your number one but i have some bad news rich we may not see it in 2021
1: you don't think rising sun's gonna come out this year
0: it hasn't hit five hundred yet. It it's, that's true. That's, it it wasn't yet. on the production outline because it hasn't hit the number yet, which is which nuts. surprises
1: me because yeah. people are buying copies of that. I mean, if you want, you can go to Facebook right now and you say, "Hey, I want to get Rising Sun," and someone will sell it to you, but it's going to be three hundred and fifty dollars probably.
0: Yeah, I think those prices have come down a little bit with the announcement, obviously. Right, but yeah, obviously. Yeah. Six months but ago, sure. But you
1: would think that if people are paying that much for it, then people would be hopping all over this. So.
0: I do think it's close, and I, I have noticed, and I, I mean, I could be wrong, um, but Multiman Publishing ha- will sometimes print things, it seems, that don't quite get to 550.
1: Yeah, that's true. So my my nightmare scenario is going to be later on this year if I've got Sword and Fire and Rising Sun hasn't printed yet. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, no, because, that, you're right. Because uh, oh, they like... announced today Sword and Fire requires... Uh, obviously, Beyond Valor, Yanks, and Rising Sun.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like... I mean, Korea is essentially not playable for me, especially yeah. because I don't have a lot of the overlays. I mean, I, obviously, I could play it on Vassal. Right,
1: so. still play it on Vassal, but... Yeah,
0: uh, I hope we get there. I, I would be surprised if we don't see it. All of their production outlook is optimistic. I mean, that's a lot of stuff to get out. Even We still have shipping struggles... Just with regular-ass mail, so I imagine it, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, my number one's another multimedia Publishing, and uh, again, it's another cluster of games. Two of these were on my list last year. That's Hood Strikes North and Stonewall Jackson's Way, but you can throw those in the fucking trash because On <laughs> Richmond 2 is coming out, and that shit has Grant Takes Command, which I have been jonesing for, and that is already on the production outlook.
1: Yeah, that should so be on my list too. Uh, there's yeah.
0: three gcacw games coming out and on richmond 2 is like Roads to gettysburg 2 it's several games right right like that's going to be a big box of gcacw you want to talk about bang for your buck i would almost bet money that that's going to be a hell of a deal
1: and is everything in otr 2 going to be combinable in one big scenario uh, no idea okay kind of like we tried to do for donkey Kong last year. yeah
0: right right yeah Uh, no, no idea. I just know grant takes commands in it and that's enough for me for it to jump to the top of my list. Awesome. Uh, I had some, uh, well, I guess one now, um, if we're counting Salerno is coming out just one, maybe. Yeah. I've really wanted red, red winter. And I know that they came out with operation dauntless, which you can pick up for like three cents because no one wants it, (laughs) but I've just heard operation dauntless. They tried to do too much and it's not as good as red winter, which is the GMT game covering the winter war uh which i've already mentioned what's up people from finland i love all three of you um <laughs> i just i want red winter i've heard it's a great game i haven't played it and it's been so close to p500
1: so and get I on it people come on yeah exactly. Order two, please
0: help me out <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anything else you're looking forward to in 2021
1: I think that pretty much covers it. Obviously stuff's going to pop up and I'm going to be jumping on it, but those, those are the things I'm really thinking about.
0: Nice. Yeah. Uh, you know, but I'm already uh,
1: thinking about some stuff for 2022. Like, uh, I mean the SCS Hungary game that's going to be coming out and there's going to be more OCS coming out. So.
0: Shit. Well, third winner didn't make either of our lists.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not planning on picking that one up, even though yeah, I would so play it, big. But...
0: Yeah, it is very so third winter is uh, an OCS game covering obviously the third winter. So it's fighting in uh, Ukraine or Hungary, Ukraine. Yeah, Hungary
1: uh, would be later. Hungary would be 44 into 45.
0: So uh, which I, th- th- I think that's what this is, but I, I, whatever. Uh, it is the third winter of the uh, the Eastern Front and it is a big OCS game like monster and that's actually like... I think I'm good on buying that. Like I <laughs> yeah. may buy it if... Well, the only reason I bought uh, Beyond the Rhine is because I was taking it to Donkey Kong and yeah. was getting a chance to play it. So
1: I'm finding more and more um, that I'm just... I'm setting up and playing even solitaire games that normally would be on my table. I'm just playing them on more.
0: Yep. Uh, I am looking here... Okay, because... <laughs> i think this started as the 2020 edition um the axis empire expanded edition is what they've called it now is now on the 2023 plus counter because i was i was like that's a game i forgot i don't think it would make my top five because um, i'm not even gonna buy it but um that that combined version of axis empires looks like it's been pushed back to 2023 wow yikes
1: that's kind of, I mean, unless they're making major revisions, oh. it seems like that's not too far from just a reprint.
0: Um, well, well, no, there are they are adding quite a few things. Okay. Um, and uh, Axis <laughs> Empires should begin playtesting at CSW Tempe in June. I don't know when that message is from, but this is categorized already as twenty twenty three. So I don't know if they've been play testing. Interesting. Uh cool, cool, cool. Okay. Uh, folks, this is the part of the show where we talk about all the all the other nonsense that's going on in our lives. Uh, we're done talking about war games for the most part. Uh, so we're just going to talk about all the other stuff we enjoy. Uh, some of the stuff I've already mentioned at the top of the show, the YouTube channel, all that stuff's coming out. The one thing I didn't mention is Consum World has a new social site. It's community.consumworld.com. Uh, it's very much a, a Facebook clone, but I'm, I'm kind of digging it. I've Some of the contributions not mine people way better than me are actually providing really good insight and posts about like their war gaming history and stuff i'm, I'm actually a, really digging it
1: yeah I, I really i have not been to the new site at all but ConSim world has always been high con good content but terrible presentation yeah. so if they fix their presentation it I, I mean it's just it it's like a 1988 bbs going over there sometimes
0: it's really interesting that because they, you know, they had another social website, right?
1: I they already had one. I didn't even know that. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. <laughs> so like, unless you're doing like a full migration, I just don't see like how is this going to be successful. Yeah, I mean, really. So they're like, not
1: mo- they're they're maintaining two now, and they're not merging the content. Whoa,
0: whoa, whoa the social.consumworld.com is going away. Okay. The regular World forums are not.
1: Okay, so that's the one I was talking about that is good content but terrible presentation. Yes. Right.
0: So you're but you're not moving those forums over. That's dumb. And, and like yeah, I but <laughs> yeah, but I also think you would lose a lot of people because I think the people that do browse Consum World are probably comfortable with it and have been using it for 80,000 years.
1: Oh, sure, because uh, it's a bunch of like 75 year old grognards. <laughs> right. Hey, Hey
0: to all our listeners from console world. Um, I I've made a history on the table group there, but it's like, I don't know. I'll, I'll go with it for as long as it goes. Like I said, there are some cool things, the groups, uh, to follow different news, but like it's not really different from Facebook. I, I wish John all a lot of luck with it. Uh, he's really supporting it. He's really active on it. Um, so that that's over there. That's all I'll say about it. Uh, I've talked about this for over six months. Our game room, uh, so things are together and in great shape. We're Did just you get now your waiting table? on the table. No, so we're waiting <laughs> on the table, which is like I get it. Like our game room table isn't as cool as like he just posted some pictures of like the the custom uh, countertops he put in in someone's house. It's like yeah, I get it. I'm a small fish, but first <laughs> off, I've already paid you for half of this. Second off you keep yanking my chain. Like I understand things happen, but like, come on, bud. Um, it's going to look great. I've already seen some pictures of it, like not sanded and and finished, but, uh, the, the like resin river looks really nice. Um, we can't wait for it, but I'm just like, all right, I'm, I'm being as patient and I'm going to remain patient. Shit happens, but I'm also like, give me my fucking table.
1: That is frustrating.
0: It is. Um, but, We'll enjoy it. We've already talked about the, the things we're going to enjoy. Uwe Resen- Rosenberg has a new game coming out. A lot of people are already getting it called Towel, which is like his other games, but it's about beer making. Um, and so that's going to be the Uwe games in that game are going to be the, some of the first things we play on it. Cool. How's, how's your game room now? Is uh, Did your daughter move back into it or is she back at... <laughs> oh, Mary no, or?
1: no. She's married. She's not coming back. <laughs> what? I didn't know that. No. Well, I've got... No, I've got three daughters. Oh, okay, 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 Yeah, the one that is at college, she still has her own room. I took the oh, okay. I took the one from the one that got married.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. I yeah. thought you had two daughters.
1: No. I. It could probably use a paint job. It still kind of looks like a teenage girl lives in here. <laughs> I got a couple of blues posters and stuff on the walls. I need to hang some more stuff on the walls, actually. I actually just found, I used to have this. It's been mine forever. My grandfather gave it to me before he died, but it's like a nice little plaque with all of his World War II medals and everything, so... Um, I just recently texted my mom like, do you know where that is? Because I don't think I have it here. She's like, oh, yeah, I got it here. And she brought it over. So I'm going to hang that up in my game room, too. Nice. Yeah. Uh,
0: so how, are you, how are your blues doing this year?
1: Uh, They're OK. I mean, they're yeah. they're like just a little over 500. It, it's it's a weird schedule this year with the yeah. whole like everything is a two game series. And like every the Blues have won like the first game of every series and like gotten destroyed in the second game of almost every series, so yeah. it's it's I, kind of been a weird season.
0: I I did see some of the scores that were bonkers, but I guess yeah. I guess that's the Honda division for you, which is <laughs> is that what
1: we're call. calling it? I, yeah, I, you guys, you guys, I knew I are they the were Honda sponsored. I didn't know which one was ours. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um,
1: yeah, you're talking about your boy Patrick Line. I know you're missing him. I remember. It was around this time last year. and I think it was last December, actually, that he scored five goals against the Blues.
0: Dude, he just, in like <laughs> his first game, he got injured, so he only played in one game. And he like, he almost got a hat trick. He got in a fight. He fucking won in overtime. <laughs> and it's like, man, all right. He's pulling his head out of his ass. He's ready to play. But obviously, he didn't want to be in Winnipeg. So I get it. So um, if you're not familiar, Patrick Line is a fucking stud. He claps bombs and fucks bombs, and he's just handsome as (laughs) I'll get out. And he's a great player, but he's kind of like just offense only, so his game wasn't complete. And um, Winnipeg is, from what I get, just a a gray, depressing cold town in the middle of nowhere in Canada. (laughs) Uh, But I love their hockey team. And uh, I don't think he wanted to be there. And so the Jets re-signed him for two years. This is the last year of his contract. Everything, all the writing on the wall was basically that Patrick Liney was leaving. Some shit was going on in Columbus, which, like, if you're not happy in Winnipeg, where they fucking love hockey, I don't think you're going to be happy in Columbus, Ohio, all right?
1: Yeah, well, um, Columbus is such a huge metropolitan area, right. life and everything right
0: <laughs> now there's more moms there i guess so he'll be happy <laughs> uh something weird was going on with pierre Luc dubois and there's i don't another... know
1: that guy at all is he he's there, very or... good he oh is.
0: yeah yeah okay i mean it's like skill wise they're probably like um is so, pierre Luc dubois much so of the jets didn't stud? get
1: screwed on the trade at least
0: well, so the, but then they also traded Jack Rossovic, which is a a player that could develop, and all they got back for him was a third round and they had to retain some of Linea's salary.
1: No, oh, that always sucks. So,
0: like what, it's not a bad deal, it's not a great deal. The the upside for the Jets is they get Pierre-Luc Dubois for 2 years when yeah. you knew Linea was leaving, and it's probably comparable. I think he's more of a complete player, not just like a offensive player. Anyways, uh welcome to Hockey on the Table. I'm Matt.
1: I'm rich. We're going to talk yeah. blues and, and jets now
0: and, and canes, um, which really there's not much to talk about with the canes. Cause they only played four games because they had a COVID outbreak, <laughs> but they're playing great. They're, um, they've won three out of four games. They won an overtime overnight against, uh, um, um, Tampa Bay. It took me way too long to remember what city that was um even though the chiefs are playing them in the super bowl uh but the canes have been a lot of fun to watch which is so good.
1: here's my favorite hockey news from the last 24 hours so yesterday like right before the 10 o'clock news got started um the the cardinals announced that they signed adam Wright to one more year just a one-year deal uh-huh um, which wainwright he he's been a huge player for us forever but he's at the end of his career and everything doesn't matter um but channel four here in St. Louis, I guess they were like rushing to get the story up and everything. And then the little, like the subtitles, um, if they said Wainwright signs with blues for one year. <laughs> <laughs> so today, Adam Wainwright released a video on Twitter of like him in a, like a blues outfit saying, I'm not that good a skater, but challenge accepted.
0: <laughs> uh, nice. I like that. Yeah. It's, it's good to have hockey back. Um, oh, yeah. you know, talking about the game room, we've got a, we've got a TV up on the wall now. Cause my wife, there's like a nook and she edits there so it can like pivot out and she can watch TV while she edits. Um, and we've just uh, we've been enjoying our uh, our hockey. Uh, Jets get back to it on Saturday. I don't remember when the Cans yeah. get back to it. So, I th- think I mean, the Chiefs already-
1: have a big game coming up for you.
0: Yeah, the Chiefs uh, are playing this thing called the Superb Owl. So, who's, who's um, going to
1: uh, quarterback the Chiefs for that game?
0: Yeah, it'll be Mahomes and he'll. <laughs> Pick everyone up on his back and just lead him to victory. I don't like. I don't think it's going to be near as close as. Like I'm saying, this as a Chiefs fan, I get it. I don't think it's going to be near as close as some people are saying. Like we already beat the Buccaneers, and the yeah. only change is now we are like we lost an offensive lineman. But I think people are expect. just
1: expecting Brady to pull some magic out of his yeah. ass again, though.
0: I don't know. <laughs> I think he's going to end up on his ass.
1: I mean, would it surprise you, though? Would it surprise you if, I mean... Yeah, it would surprise the hell out of because He's I mean, that guy that, like, you, you hate but you respect. He,
0: well, I've lost a lot of respect on him because he keeps opening his mouth about politics and, well... Oh, I don't pay attention. He and to I do I not agree not on a lot I honestly could not tell you lot what of he things. believes
1: about politics and I'll keep it that way. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I respect his athletic talent. Yes.
1: Yeah. The guy has played... After this upcoming that's one, he nuts. will have played in 18% of er- all Super Bowls that's ever. That's crazy. That's insane.
0: It is. It, it really is. Like, <laughs> as much as I would like to rag on him, like, yeah, that's once in a lifetime. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's Gretzky shit, obviously. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what that is. Um, talk about I have a question first... for you. 1860. Yeah, for Everyone's yes. making
1: a big deal out of it because that one's reprinted, but I don't know anything about it. Tell me about it.
0: Okay, so let's transition to eighteen XX then. Um, eighteen sixty. Uh, Isle trains on the Isle, right? Railways on the Isle of Right is what it's called. Has a Kickstarter that just launched. It's a very quick turnaround. There's no stretch goals. Um, the the big thing about eighteen sixty was it had a two player variant before that was like a common occurrence. Yeah. Um, and so you, and it's just like a very tight and I th- um in a small board size um and i think that's what drew my initial interest and then the other thing was it was impossible to find for a long time um because they just had that that one first edition but now um all board games is is reprinting it on a kickstarter how would that one Uh, be for
1: a beginner because my wife has expressed interest in trained games and if that's a good two-player game might be one to pick up but if it's one of those ones that's got like you know, short cells and all that stuff. And I don't,
0: I don't think it's like 1817, which I (laughs) imagine would be a nightmare for, it does have nuances though. So like, it wouldn't be like you teaching her 18 AL. Like, I think you would now do I think she wouldn't grasp it? No, 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 I'm not saying that. I think like you would go in and be like, Oh, this is different than the stuff I've been playing. Yeah. Like, I think there are some different rules, um, one thing you can do is you can go to the wiki for 18xx.games and you can click on each game so like right now I'm going to 1860 and there's like a rules highlight and a lot of those highlights sometimes it'll um, oh yeah here it is you can compare 1860 to other games that's so cool like, I didn't know that was you on can there. go to like let's say you, the one you know the best is 1846 um, and then there's like a breakdown of of major differences which is really nice cool I mean, that website is, uh, so that transitions into, um, I just have a few, um, Euro games that I'm really looking forward to in 2021, uh, 1849, which I mentioned is my favorite 18xx game that should be here. And like, I mean, that's already paid for that's coming. And then all board games, a lot of the games that they've recently printed are shipping to the United States right now. So. Bunch of 18xx titles, but the one I'm most looking forward to is 1849. Now, you have one on here.
1: Yeah, 18 Magyar. It was a recent Kickstarter. They just finished up. I don't know if it'll come out this year or not. Hopefully. Well, I don't know. If the Kickstarter just finished, it's hard to say. It'll probably be next year, but who knows? Mm,
0: I don't know. I think think you'll probably get that this year. I hope Um, so. So, the only reason I did not back that one is uh, Rex, who is like the 18xx guru basically told me like one of the games i already own which i think is like 54 or 44 maybe i think he said it was very similar yeah. to
1: that one i picked it up because it's hungary so <laughs> yeah yeah and i
0: think i already had a hungry map so i was like well yeah so um i mean at some point i don't have to buy all these games uh the other one i'm really looking forward to one
1: and so that's, my... actually, uh, sorry, going back go to when you said you got to buy all these games, there's a local guy here, actually the same guy that I was talking about earlier, that's the compass designer. And from uh-huh. what I hear, he's actually going to sell his house and go live on a boat, like he's retiring, he's going to live on a boat. Uh-huh. And I was asking a, a mutual friend of ours, I'm like, well, what's he going to do with all these games? He's like, I guess he's going to sell them. So I, I, this guy probably has like every 18xx game. So might be in the market for something
0: (laughs) that nice yeah Yeah. some of those are crazy insane hard to get a hold of yeah um yeah um the uh, the other thing i was going to say is one of my favorite things just ever is just a warm hot cup of coffee in a mug you love and so um all the other coffee themed games other than um Oh, shit, there's one that's really not a coffee-themed game, uh, have there's, not there's, hit
1: home for me. There's some Java games. There's like a coffee roaster game.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those those haven't clicked. There's another game I'm trying to think of, uh, Mombasa, which very has like coffee beans in it, but it's not a coffee game. Anyways, Capstone Games is coming out with Coffee Traders, which is a heavy Euro game featured around coffee making, and they're coming out with this beautiful deluxe edition. Can't wait for it.
1: I think Manila has coffee beans in it, too.
0: <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, I think that was uh, Advance After Combat's top war game of the year, if I remember <laughs> right. Something like that.
1: Yeah, I look forward to having punts in the uh, Manila ASL game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was fucking funny. Uh, you'll have to go listen to Advance After Combat if you get that joke. Uh, let's... Let's see. Um, yeah. Oh, I'll, I'll mention this. Um, there's a bourbon company in, uh, in Kansas City called Union Horse Distilling. Um, Horse distilling? Tra- Union Horse. Union Horse. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> 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 it's just a bunch of yeah. Right. Okay. Um, and one of their things had a train on it, and it's called Rolling Standard Bourbon, and it's kind of like cinnamony and very good. It's it's not overly sweet or anything. Um, and it's just something I bought on a whim that I bought because it had a a choo-choo train on it and, uh, damn, it's really good bourbon.
1: Yeah. And have an 18 XX tournament and make that like the prize.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No joke. I would play in that. You know, actually, um, have you, have you ever heard or played of age of steam?
1: I've heard of it. I haven't played it. Miniature market usually has that like on their sale rack for like 20 bucks.
0: Oh, wow. I, I assume not the new edition.
1: Uh, the new edition is
0: like this beautiful deluxe. Um. Anyways, there is a Age of Steam. Excuse me. There's an Age of Steam con in Kansas City. <laughs> this guy runs out of his house each year. And it's like his wife or his mom or someone makes all this food and stuff. And they just yeah. play Age of Steam all weekend. I've wanted to go before. And I think Rex and maybe my buddy Zach have gone before. Um anyways, talking about train games, but uh I've always wanted to go to that. So, cool. Uh you got anything else, Rich?
1: I was thinking about getting a 3D printer. Oh yeah? It seems like something that I don't need at all, but it'd be kind of cool. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to get back into Star Wars Legion and um teaching my little my little one how to play and just seems like it'd be really cool to be able to print up terrain, and she was, uh, she's, she's been getting more into painting miniatures lately. Like we went to miniature market, and she just went over to like the sale rack and bought like this cheap dragon, but she's been printing that up, and just seemed like it'd be something fun to do. Get a three D printer. They're not that much money, but I hear they're still kind of a pain in the ass to deal with, so I'm not sure about it. Hmm. Just seems like there's a lot of times, like we were talking about earlier, about organizing. Um, you know, you could print out like organ organization stuff for games and sure. it fits the boxes and all that. It seems like it would be really handy, but I'm wondering if it's going to be worth the hassle. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I I mean, you see some really cool stuff. Um, they really I mean, they're they're not in every household yet, but they really have uh, popped off quite a bit.
1: Yeah. You can get them uh, for not that much money either. That's I good. think I think you if we go forward in the future, you know, 10 definitely 20 years but maybe 10 years you're going to see those in almost everyone's home and I bet a lot of games, print and play games are going to be 3D print and play games or you you're just buy the wrong. files and make make the game at home
0: I wonder if it'll be uh, if the 3D uh, no, not ink but resin will be a uh, trade will be a crock of shit like ink is
1: yeah I wonder where <laughs> you just throw away the whole printer and buy a new one rather <laughs> right, than get right, more right. ink yeah
0: <laughs> oh boy so wasteful yeah Um, so if
1: any of our listeners know anything about 3d printers you think yeah that does sound like a good idea or no it's going to be more pain than it's worth let me know
0: oh my gosh i am that just reminded me i'm so glad you said that because we have this patreon and we have some patreons already and um i've i've completely almost forgotten uh the comment i i asked uh some of our patreons what um what they're looking forward to most in uh, 2021. And so Bo chimed in. I think Bo lives in Sweden. Anyways, he and I are I'm playing. I'm playing Labyrinth. Uh I have yeah. been
1: playing Labyrinth with Bo, with yeah.
0: Yeah, I think Bo is about to beat me in Labyrinth as well. I got bogged <laughs> down in uh, Afghanistan, and I kicked him out of Afghanistan, but then he is like, he's in Iran or something like that, or maybe Iraq, and uh, it's like, that's three resources in Royal. <laughs> so uh, I think he'll run away with it. Um, anyways, he said Salerno 43 as well, uh, for same reasons, small footprint, Italian theater. Yeah. I, I hear you that I'm sure. And then, uh, he told me, he said, he told us, uh, there's another world of war 85
1: Kickstarter coming
0: with more expansions.
1: Holy crap. Yeah. I still got, I, I bought like everything <laughs> in the last one and it's still sitting in shrink wrap just cause I don't know what to do with it.
0: <laughs> same here, man. And like, I don't think there was... Like I didn't buy the books I don't think but maybe they came with them Like I think buying it I have like one
1: you know They like the little cube game shelves I have an entire one dedicated to my World at War 85 Yeah
0: They did not make the trek downstairs So like the the shelves downstairs are filled And then uh, the shelves in the guest room Are are now um, The rest of the war games and and train games But it's like World at War Is still in a pile because it's just like I don't know what to do with this so well, th- thank you, Bo. Thank you for being a Patreon. Uh, Bo and Adam are well, are both new Patreons. You can become a Patreon. It's Patreon.com/historytable. Uh, lots of cool stuff. I think I'm going to add some stuff. I might add some like exclusive stuff for Historic Fest. That's another thing. Uh, Mike Denson and Mitchell Lane are both in confirmed for Historic Fest. So next Warcon plus our Round Robin, uh, last hundred yards as well as maybe some uh, events with Mike, and then, of course, dinner opportunities with both Mike and Mitchell. Um, that's going to be July 30th through August 1st. But I think I might like offer, uh, like, uh, if you're back at this level, then you get to come over to my house on one of those nights, and I'll make you some tiki drinks or something like that. We'll nice. see. I'm, I'm still flushing it out. But I'm going to uh, back sure at not... that level. <laughs> yeah, hold, on. <laughs> hold on. Part of this is our equipment I use, so don't <laughs> back. Okay. <because>, like... <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised
1: if Mike, uh, Mike has some Solomon stuff, even if it's not printed and Ooh, publicly available I yet. I bet he's got some of it available for the yeah. for the. Yeah, well,
0: he's looking for play testers, so yeah. I imagine uh, that's a good opportunity. So, um, yeah, check us check that out. That's uh, you can do a search for Historic Fest Kansas City. I need to tweak the um, website, but the the Facebook page is pretty up to date. The website's not not up to date. It's just it, it needs to be like more current, um, and. Sometime in December, November, I started changing the whole website to make it a more just a History on the Table website, which I'll roll that over eventually, but I've got enough of my plate, as is. Check us out on Facebook, History on the Table with Matt and Rich. Um, I'm on Instagram where I post lots of pictures of vinyl and we're both on twitter you can follow me at history table pod at history table pod don't forget our youtube channel we don't have an official link yet because we don't have 100 subscribers we don't have a video yet so i'm not mad about it but <laughs> go subscribe so we can be youtube.com slash hottie boys and i'll get that in place <laughs> uh or you can follow rich rich is on twitter
1: yeah i'm on twitter and obviously on the face group as well but to jr is is where you can find me on twitter or I don't know how it works. I'm, I'm STL Wargamer and also Trippier Jr. I guess you could probably find me under either. It's not two go. accounts, though. It's one of them you can change freely. Trippier Jr., I think, is the one that's always going to be.
0: Yeah, only, uh, only Ding Dongs have two accounts. And uh, <laughs> the other day I posted something on, the like, a Wargame picture on the the one that is not Wargame related. I was like, why, why did I do this? As but, long as you, uh, you yeah. don't
1: start, like, getting in arguments with your other account, you'll be fine.
0: Yeah, or saying... Um,
1: well, like, you know what I'm, I'm maybe saying that you're a gay black man. Yeah,
0: thank you. Yeah, yeah, I could be a, a politician and say things <laughs>
1: like that. Uh, hey, are you gonna get Fire in the Sky? Uh, I'm not gonna get the, the new phalanx. one. I've I've got it already, so I'm not gonna oh, get okay. the reprint.
0: Okay, okay. It was just, just when when failing that up. I just thought it was super expensive to to get it shipped over here, but I uh, I just saw an ad on Facebook when I was looking at the group for it for miniature market. Anyways, uh, that's going to do it for us, folks. We will be back in February, assuming I get this out tomorrow like I hope I do. Sh- should should be able to get it out. We'll be back in February. Uh, in the meantime, if you have any questions or concerns or anything like that, drop us an email, historytablepodcast at gmail.com, Historytablepodcast at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us.
1: Yeah. Next time we record, I will have been fully vaccinated, which means I'm getting out there and playing face-to-face with everyone
0: awesome <laughs> my, my wife friend's a nurse and uh she sent her like a link like hey here's here sign up quick there's some uh, there's some appointments well first off there was no information on the form i was like honey, honey all right let's ask some questions so he did and it was legit and they sent the email and there were some opportunities but i was like in bold text at the bottom, it's like to be eligible for an appointment, you have to be in the prioritized group for the state. I was like, yeah, (laughs)
1: like it's going to take a while. (laughs) I mean, I, I obviously am higher up on the list because I work in healthcare. I'm not frontline, but I do work in healthcare. So it's that, you know, we all, we all get it a lot before everyone else, but the public clinics that are actually part of what I do is setting those up and everything. But, um, it's like, I think we've got our system has three of those clinics going open, and they're each going to do like a hundred vaccines a day, which is hmm. nothing. I mean, right. you know, it's that it's going to take a while at that rate.
0: Oh yeah, well, currently Missouri is last, yeah, in the United States, <laughs> and I think they said it would take over a decade or something like that to get Missouri <laughs> vaccinated. It's like what the fuck is going on? Yeah, we're like four percent or something like that. It's nuts. I remain optimistic. I I I certainly hope that uh, good news follows this year. Hopefully, GameStop prices <laughs> is not the, the peak of good news in our year. Yeah. Um, so I I will remain optimistic.
1: There's gonna be a lot of Reddit people with a lot of money to spend on vaccine tribes right. now.
0: There you go. There <laughs> you go. I I'm not one of them. I did not buy GameStop.
1: I didn't either. I, I'm too risk averse because I know what would happen is as soon as I bought it, it would crash. <laughs> All of my money is tied up in ASL.
0: <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's well. That's a <laughs> that reminds me of like Lego. Like the price per brick of Lego. Like has how it's grown over time or something <laughs> like that. Um, we we had uh, some meetings all week with uh, that just happened to be with financial advisors, and it's funny because some of them are pretty old, and like hearing them. I follow. I am on Reddit quite a bit, and so like I'm following along and like get what they're saying, but like hearing them try to describe to people like what Reddit is, and I'm just like (laughs) sitting there biting my tongue. I was like, that's not how it
1: works.
0: (laughs) 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 But okay, all right. So all right, that that now that's gonna do it, folks. Uh, We'll be back next month. Uh, In the meantime, check out our YouTube page, check out our Facebook page, or just play some more games. We'll see you later.
1: Drink a tiki. (laughs) Good night.
0: Good night.